Hello, and welcome to Breakfast the Tiffin Marks, episode 20. Hello, here we are, Mark and Tiff. First episode of 2021. Yeah, we're, we're super excited to start the year fresh. Uh, we do not have our vaccines yet, but we are in line, and everyone who has... Congratulations, congratulations to you. Congratulations and God bless. And mm-hmm. the world is slowly, uh, slowly, we're, we're getting there, would you say? Yes. This week there is a new moon, so it's the perfect time to set intentions, manifestations, and um, your goals for 2021. So new moon, so that, that comes every, dark. every month, though. A new moon. Every lunar cycle. Oh, so this is not like... So it's not a full moon. It's a different thing. That's a different thing. So the new, full moon is the opposite of the new moon. So the new moon is black. The full moon is ha- white. How many times a year does a new moon happen? Twelve. No, wait. Twelve. It happens all. So it's like the opposite think, time as the full moon. I yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I can. I have a picture of the whole thing. I can show you. So this is the new moon. It's when like it's this, a full right? Cir- when it's when a, it's circular, but it's black I see. inside. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like a little crevice, a little crevice, a little crevice, a little crevice, crescent. a little crevice, and crescent and all of a sudden it's like this the full moon right. and then it gets smaller 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 till uh, it's the okay. new moon again. i didn't know that there was a, i didn't know that there was significance to the the void and it's also significant to your energy levels as well all right, so well. like right now we're probably more tired during the full moon we're probably like celebratory and like woo. so if the full moon makes one feel like like a werewolf so to speak in in traditional mythology what does a new moon make one more like a the opposite, quiet. And, a baby? I don't know. Uh, yes, I don't, those are random examples, but yes. So what? If, I'm, I'm just saying a new moon then what? Makes us a vampire? <laughs> okay. Um, next up. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I don't know. So we have the Higgy Huga Higgy Haigi. I have no idea how to say this word. Game. Well... To describe it to the audience, uh, uh, Tiffany ordered this game on Amazon, and it's, uh, what is it, a Swedish game or Norwegian of some kind? It's some type of Scandinavian game um, or learning experience called Higgy, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's but pronounced I think Higgy. It's, no, I think I need to look it up. H-Y- it's like or something. H-Y-G-G-E. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an Ikea, but piece I think of it's Ikea like furniture. Like, I think it's something that we wouldn't expect. Okay. But anyways, they have questions on them. So I decided for this intro we would read some. So, but what- And this is even related to the podcast whoa and i didn't even well let's I describe randomly before chose you ask what is the what is the purpose of the game well, on the on the front it says cozy conversation and pleasant company so i think it's less of a game it says it's more of a a mood setter yeah a list questions. of questions so yeah give us an example what's so the first one that's on here is what is the most overrated movie that's oh. relevant to our podcast that's um let's let's answer that you go first oh boy okay Jeez. Mm. Hmm. It's a tough one. Okay, let me think. Um, it's got to be like one of those like Oscar-winning movies that like didn't deserve it. Um, oh, you know what was really overrated? I have an answer. Might be a. This might be a unpopular opinion, uh-huh. and I don't want to lose any listeners for it. But mm-hmm. and 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 it has nothing to do with with the core message of the film. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't you dare say La La Land. Not La La Land. La La Land was amazing. <laughs> okay. It, this is just one that pops into my head because it was Oscar nominated. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. The Post with Meryl Streep. Oh, uh, right. It was like, again, she's amazing. But like, mm-hmm. it almost felt like a build your Oscar movie. Like, mm-hmm. throw Meryl Streep in. Give her like a serious, like, political issue. It was just very simple. Mm-hmm. Not that it was bad. It was just very, like, you saw it all kind of coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I say overrated. Because I like when movies uh, are unexpected. Yeah. Little twists and turns. Let me think about this one. Probably. And also it was Steven Spielberg. So you expect, you know, Munich from him every time. Or Jaws. Oh, the oh I know. Okay, I can't remember what it's called. But it's the one... With Mark Wahlberg, where he's tiny. Oh, is it Mark Wahlberg tiny? Oh, oh, oh. The one... Um, and then a bunch of random stuff. Where you, they like the move... In. It's not Mark Wahlberg. It's the other guy, Matt Damon. Oh, yeah, Matt Damon. Whoops, I mixed them Downsizing. Up. Yeah, downsizing. Okay. That Sorry one, if you like that movie, but no, I really don't. I really did not. I would okay. even say at first it was overhyped, and yeah. then it became... So I think it's annoying, and I don't like it. It is annoying. Yeah. I think it's overrated in that how much resources went into making... A really bad movie. <laughs> Sorry to your listeners who do like that movie. The first half's fun, actually, but then the second half just goes to like a crazy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, new year, new goals for everybody. This episode is going to help you with them because Katie Chambers, our guest, is from Nywift, New York Women fi- in Film and Television, and she talks about how you can network during COVID times, among other things. January is actually National Mentor Month, so yeah, that's you, really exciting. For, for you guys listening, yeah, even if you're not in the film industry, if you love the film industry, even if you're not a woman, it's actually an organization anybody could be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie's fantastic. The organization's fantastic. Uh, they have screenings, events, and yeah, because of COVID, just it's all virtual. And we'll learn why that's actually, in this case, has been a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, embracing the changes for positive, as Tiffany said. So without further ado. Without further ado, we're super Katie excited. Chambers. Katie Chambers. Alrighty, so episode twenty. Here we are with Katie Chambers. Katie, how are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. Katie, uh, her official title, Tiffany. She is the Community Engagement Director at NYWIFT, New York Women in Film and Television. So and Katie, we're, we're just very excited to have her here. Yes, we we really are. I've, I've heard we had heard all about this organization, but I think this is. Maybe the first time we're actually speaking to somebody who works there. Oh, very cool. Yes. Because we're both New York filmmakers. I'll just preface it with that. (laughs) Oh, great. Good to to know. Yes, we've been around for a long time. We've actually been around since 1977. Wow. Mm. We're going on our 44th year. I heard July 13th, the night of the blackout, huh? Yes. It's very easy to remember our, um, our anniversary date because the very first meeting of New York Women in Film and Television was... Um, the night of the great New York City blackout of July 13th, 1977. It was a group of about 10 to 15 women in the industry who were holding an informal meeting, gathering to talk about how they can make some positive change. And we always say that we think the lady power in that room might be what caused the blackout in New York City. Yeah, it totally Mm -hmm. shocked the power board. Yeah, Um, 
So Katie, please tell us, what does a community engagement director do? That's a great question. And the answer is a little bit of everything. Uh, I always say it's kind of a new agey title, although I guess the, the last few years, it's definitely becoming more common. Uh, our NYWIFT, New York Women in Film and Television, is a professional association for women and men working in TV, film, and digital media in the New York City area. Um, we also advocate for equality and inclusion across the board uh, intersectionally in the entertainment industry. So my role um, within that as community engagement director is sort of twofold in that I, I kind of straddle both communications and membership. So I manage all of our internal and external communications initiatives, um, marketing, advertising, press initiatives, um, as well as social media, emails, overseeing the website, all of our digital strategies. Um, I also manage our membership department, so membership um, retention and new members, um, as well as membership activities and benefits. I produce our member screening series, which is one of our uh, membership programs, as well as our networking parties, and then kind of as an addendum to my job, not really falling under community engagement director per se. I also, um, on staff, I'm one of the two producers of our two gala award shows, the Muse Awards and Designing Women. Oh, wow. Well, it sounds like you have your hands really, really full. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like it that way. Better so to be busy. Read it. Oh, sorry. No, that was okay. I was, I was just saying it's always better to be busy than, than not busy. And at NYWIFT, I, I always have some plenty to do. Oh, yes. that I agree completely with that. Too busy is way more fun. And how long have those Muse Awards been going on? The Muse Awards have been going on for 41 years. We just had the 41st oh. awards um, this past December, which of course was very different than most of our award shows in the past since it was our first virtual award show. But yeah, the, the awards have been going on almost the entire time that the organization has been uh going. It just started, the Muse Awards started as, you know, a, a little ceremony in a restaurant in downtown New York City um, for a couple hundred people and now has grown to be a, a big celebrity awards gala with upwards of 1,200 people attending, usually in person at a, at a hotel, but this year obviously was uh, virtual with an even bigger audience. Very wow, cool. that's amazing. Yeah, we saw you guys got some good names for that this yeah. year. So very awesome show. Also, okay, so so you say that you um, assist in the new member process. So if I were to join NYWIFT, would you be like the first welcoming face that I would uh, encounter? Oh, well, really? not because of, well, of COVID, that might be different. But <laughs> yeah. Normally, you would probably see me in person at one of our events. Um, you can actually can often see me in person um, virtually at our, our events on screen. But yes, um, me and then also my, my fantastic assistant, uh, Sarah Tandoy, who manages all of our incoming membership applications, we would be your your two initial points of contact. And, you know, just getting into the nitty gritty of the community engagement job, membership onboarding is a huge part of what I do. So one of the first communications our new members receive comes from our executive director and me. And I'm always available to answer any questions. I mean, that you always kind of have to be, I feel like for my job, you have to be a bit of a a Jack or a Jill of all trades. And mm -hmm. I have a sense of what's going on in the other departments. So if somebody has, you know, a programming question, no, I'm not the, the program manager, but you know, if I'm usually the first point of contact and the first line of defense. If somebody has a question, then I can always direct it um, the right way, or at least try to help answer. 
That's amazing. So um, how has all of this been changed by COVID? <laughs> that a lot. <laughs> a, a lot and yet not at all. You know, we we do, we produce normally more than 50 professional development and networking programs a year in person. Um, COVID hit in early March and, you know, I'd actually... I remember on Monday, March 9th was supposed to be our, our last in-person networking event. And we canceled it like three hours before it was due to start. And thank goodness we did, because obviously things went downhill really fast um, from that point on. But from about March 13th, when we started working from home or working remotely, we've actually done more than 70 programs virtually. So we've actually increased our programming significantly. They're just all presented virtually now. So you know, fortunately, we have a fantastic uh, team. Our program manager, Barbara Vaskin, as um, Rashik Smart, who's her associate producer on these programs. We've put all of these programs online through Zoom and StreamYard and Cinesend and Vimeo. It, it's been a lot of experimentation to see which platforms work best for us. But we have a program for our members at this point every few days to try to keep the community engaged. Mm, that's amazing. That's fantastic. And also, a lot of our programming is now free. I mean, it was always partially free, mm. um, but there was always usually some sort of cost associated, even if it was nominal, just you know, to cover the cost of venue rentals. And now, now because of the pandemic and the absolute hardship that so many of our community members are facing, we wanted to make sure that the vast majority of our programming was free and low cost. That's mm. fantastic. And yeah. it, it's open to members. Um, just members, right? So to view those to view those programming, uh, actually event. open to almost all of our programs are open to everyone at this. Wow. Point. Um, very very few of them are members only. You know, we rec- we recognize that the the pandemic has such had such a horrible financial and emotional impact on our industry that we just want to make sure that we're reaching as many people as possible and bringing together as many people as possible. And if if they want to join as members, that's great, and we welcome it. But our main goal is to make sure that our community feels supported. So just about all of our programs, anybody can attend. And how can one become a NYWIFT member? Um, you can go to our website, uh, nywift.org slash join, and you can learn all about membership that way. Uh, to be a full member of NYWIFT, you have to have four or more years of experience beyond entry level in TV, film, media or a related field. If you don't have that level of experience, but you still have some professional experience, you can join as a next wave member. Hmm. That's cool. We try to have, you know, at least a little bit of a a baseline of experience required just to make sure that we we keep the, the networking sessions balanced and that we have a good mix of people at all different levels in the room. Speaking of um, networking and different levels, I recently learned that January is actually National Mentorship Month. So that's really fun to think about. Um, And I'm sure that like the next wave members probably find some really incredible mentors in the the other members and the NYWIFT community and everything. Yeah, I often hear about people that that have formed these relationships organically at our networking parties, or even even at just regular panels. You know, getting to know people afterwards, um, they've formed some really strong mentorship connections. I I hear about you know someone walks into the walks into the bar, or walks into the virtual bar at this point um, mm-hmm. at one of our networking sessions, and they come out of it with you know their crew crewed up for for their next shoot. So it's it's a really good opportunity to meet 
a group of like-minded supportive people. And again, it's not just women. We're open to all genders, really just as long as you're committed to the mission of inclusion and equality, we want to have you there. And at this point, we don't see the value of, you know, having an inclusive organization, but saying 50% of the population can't come in. Um, Mm -hmm. So while the majority, the vast majority of our members are women, we are open to everybody. Very cool. That's amazing. So, oh, I want to be a member. Me too. (laughs) so what is your favorite thing about NYWIFT and why? Mm, there's so many things. Um, I, I would say really it is our membership um, because we have such a diverse group of people. Um, it, you don't have to necessarily be a filmmaker per se. We have members who are um, below the line. So crew people, um, gaffers, grips. We have editors, casting directors, um, talent agents, managers. I mean, that's how I got involved. I in my past life, I used to be a talent agent, um, mm. marketing executives, TV executives, anybody can join as long as they have the requisite experience. So it's really incredible for me every day to go to work and, and talk to this really diverse group of people and hear all of their different career stories. And, you know, we have, as a great example, we have some members who are, you know, just out of college and have worked on a few indie films and they're making their way in the world. And then we have one of our our longest time members is Sheila Nevins, who's the head of MTV Documentary Films, used to be the head of HBO Documentary Films. And I really feel like in many respects, it democratizes our industry to see all of these women coming together at all of these events and, and supporting each other and, and just, you know, believing in the mission and helping everybody else learn. Definitely. That's amazing. Uh, I'm curious because of COVID, have you, has, has membership uh, expanded more out of New York and like along the East Coast because of the virtual? Yes. Stuff. Yeah, we were, I mean, frankly, we were concerned that when COVID first happened and I'm, I'm part of um, another organization called the, the New York Society of Association Executives. It's basically an association of associations. And mm-hmm. the, all of the talk was that, you know, just huge concerns that membership dues were going to be one of the first things to go. Um, in many people's budgets when the pandemic started, but we have actually found that we are growing in membership because we're offering these opportunities. And yes, to to your point, we have people joining from all over the country. We've had a couple people join internationally. So, I mean, going forward, obviously nothing really is going to be changing for the next few months, at least until, you know, there's a, a vaccine that's been accessed by a large part of the population. But once we do finally get back to in-person events, I I would foresee that at least sometimes we're going to have virtual events as well, always as part of our repertoire now that it's become such a great success. That's really cool. Yeah, That's I, I, really mind-boggling. Also, we, I'm hoping that... We've always been saying for years and years, actually since since before I started at NYWIFT five years ago, oh, we need to get our programs online. We need to do webinars. And, and it would always be talked about and it would never happen. And then we joke that, you know, when push came to shove, we put everything online in about a week. And yeah. it's been such a great success and so great to connect with this new community of people. It's funny. I can relate to that as well. Just from an, as an independent filmmaker, I feel like I've met more people on zoom networking than I had in person for the Mm -hmm. previous five years, just because now it's normalized. (laughs) Yeah. And in many respects, it takes that extra layer of, um, I don't want to say social interaction. I don't know how to describe it. It it takes some of the pretense away when you're networking on zoom. Uh, You don't have the, the distractions of being in a big room with other people or worrying about people going off and forming little clicks or not wanting to Mm. mingle. You're really all there for the same reason. And I think it, it makes everybody a little bit more direct, 
with their networking. So it's interesting to see. I definitely miss our big gatherings and I miss hugging people, but yeah. <laughs> but it, we're, we're making the best with what we have. Yeah. And the breakout rooms are cool too. Cause then like that's completely out of your control and you don't really have any breakout rooms in like a real room. <laughs> yeah, it's, really, it's actually really hard to run speed networking events in person. We've tried, but it's hard to find just logistically get a space that's quiet enough that has enough seats that has enough little spaces, getting everyone to agree to get up and, and switch seats. But this, you know, with the, the magic of technology, it makes it a breeze. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you tell your younger self or perhaps like people within the next wave membership and people who are kind of um, starting out and everything? My advice is always that networking is so important, um, forming those relationships early on um, and being really upfront with other people and also with yourself about what you like um, and what you don't like, what kind of work interests you and inspires you. Um, what kind of jobs, you know, are, are not a good fit and just tell everybody, you know, I, I always say, you never know who knows the person who's going to get you a job, even if it's not, you know, you could mention it while you're at the grocery store to someone you run into and that person, their cousin might have a friend who might have a friend who's going to be the person who helps you out, um, get that job. You should never be shy in talking about what you're interested in doing. That's what I always advise our interns when, (laughs) when they're asking me, uh, I mean, my advice to my younger self would, would be to, to worry a little bit less, I think, about set career paths. My, my mm-hmm. career took such a kind of circuitous couple of turns to get me to where I am, which is a position that I, I love, but you know, 10 years ago could never have imagined might be something that I would be doing. So just to be a little bit less married to the idea of sticking to one path and just being open to new opportunities. That's really beautiful. I actually also started out in the agency world, but I was in the mailroom. So, um, yeah, same. I, I mean, not I was in the agency world, but my career has also taken a lot of, like you said, just being open to to what's happening. And um, I think around that, you, I think COVID has actually really, hopefully, allowed a lot of people to sit and think. Hmm, like I really have time now to. Uh, invest in in thinking about my interests and my dislikes and 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 maybe you'll when you're out of the office now you can th- can realize wait a minute what now that I'm not actually in this office environment do I like my work do I not like my work yeah. and um, having that discourse with yourself is really important so I'm really glad that you brought that up exactly yeah I I, I was um laid off from a position a few years ago and I was devastated at the time. And then within a few weeks, my, my mindset started to change. You know what? Thank God. Cause I, I thought I was happy and, you know, maybe I wasn't. And it, it made it the, the greatest opportunity to be able to reassess who I was and what I was interested in and, and led me to a great place. So I see that happening with a lot of people during COVID that something that wasn't necessarily a welcome opportunity or something that was a, cho- a choice necessarily has offered this new, chance to really sit back and reassess. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that Nywift has a pretty cool podcast. Yeah. And I was wondering if you have a favorite podcast episode. Uh, uh, yeah, our podcast is called the Women Crush Wednesdays podcast. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, uh, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also go to nywift.org slash podcast to find some of our old episodes. Um, I'm not the host of it. Our 
Janine McGoldrick and Leah Kearney, who are two of our members, are our fantastic hosts. Um, although I do often get to contribute myself. Oh gosh, favorite episodes. I mean, I the, our most recent episode, I actually had the great opportunity to interview one of our Muse Award honorees, Ali Stroker, who Ooh. is a fantastic actress. Um, she won the Tony Award a couple years ago for Best Actress in a Musical for Oklahoma. And when she did that, she um, became the first ever actor in a wheelchair to win a Tony Award. And wow. we honored her at our Muse Awards with the Loreen Arbus Changemaker Award for her incredible advocacy as well as her incredible talent. Um, and I had a really great conversation with her on the podcast about her career path, but also, you know, talking about her role as an advocate and and as a member of the dis- dis- disabled community, what some of the the pressure is that she might feel to be to represent a whole community um, when she comes across roles that might seem like they're not the best representation of her or of someone who is disabled, what kind of pressure she feels to, you know, to try to educate people or how she might deal with that. Um, it was just a really good conversation to hear her her attitude and her thoughts and some of her strategies for dealing with that. Um, she's such a joyful and positive person uh, that it's a, it's just a really inspirational conversation. That does sound wonderful. incredibly inspiring. Um, also, the, this is kind of a random side note, but the beautiful tr- David Yerman trophy for the awards, has has that always been the case that David Yerman created the trophy? Or? This is our first year working with David Yerman. Um, mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Yeah, we're very, we're very excited and very glad to have them on board supporting us. Um, they also provided some of the the jewelry. You know, I I didn't really talk about the the Muse Awards yet, but we we did this virtual broadcast um, in December of the show. We had seven honorees um, and then about ten speakers. You know, with various presenters and leaders of NYWIFT speaking and our MC. But David Yerman did provide the jewelry for um, our executive director, our president, and our host Nancy Giles while they were doing the broadcast. So that was very fun. Oh, Give wow. us a little bit of glamour amid the pandemic. <laughs> yes, Love that's that. always important. Sometimes I dress up just to dress up, even if mm-hmm. I'm going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long, sorry if this is a personal question, but how long have you been in New York and what are some of your favorite things about New York? Sure. Um, well, I I actually live in New Jersey, in northern New Jersey, and then I commute into New York um, mm-hmm. under normal circumstances, although I certainly don't do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in New Jersey all my life, and I've been working in New York probably for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my background, actually, my my original love was theater and Broadway. So that that, for me, is what I love about New York. Um, and what probably what I miss the most is going to Broadway shows. Um, but I love the, I love the culture. I love the, the people, the restaurants. Um, it's such a diverse and inclusive community. Um, selfishly, I I love working at our office in Midtown. I always brag that I feel like I I work in a shopping mall. (laughs) You can walk, Mm -hmm. walk out of the office and have basically any type of cuisine or go to any type of store within, you know, a 10 minute walk. There's nowhere else in the world. I feel like you can do that. Mm-hmm. Midtown is special for that. I feel like you got uh, Chick-fil-A, salad, Chipotle, all the food. You got everything right there. I really miss the food. Um, theater is really 
incredible and wonderful and I love it and I thought I was gonna go to school for it too so I understand the um love of that and on that note that reminds me about how the theaters have been have gone what's the term gone dark or mm-hmm. been black or wait gone dark yeah. yeah gone dark they've been gone dark they've been dark for almost a, since March right? yeah, yeah that's so, oh man so are the oh yeah so on that note that this is random but is there anything in the Nywift universe that like can support um theater related endeavors or is, are there like other associations for that or um yeah there's we uh, work pretty closely with the League of Professional Theater Women that's a, a similar organization but for people working in theater um mm. I always suggest that folks check out but Another thing that's so great about New York and our industry in particular is that, you know, unlike in LA, it's a little less segregated. And there are a lot of people that work in Broadway who also then work in in television and in film. The the entertainment industry is a little bit more, um, overlaps a little bit more in New York. So I feel like actually Mm -hmm. a lot of people from the Broadway community are actually NYWIFT members because they work, you know, either as actors or as crew people in TV and film as well. But um, in terms of support, we we partnered with uh, Women in Film Los Angeles and Women in Film and Television Atlanta on something called the Hire Her Back Fund, which uh, provides micro grants to support uh, people in the entertainment industry, women in particular who have been affected by the pandemic and who have lost income to uh, due to the pandemic. And I would definitely encourage anybody who is experiencing that um, to check it out. Very and cool. it's, um, it's administered by the Actors Fund, and that's another great organization to check out for support because the name's kind of a misnomer. It's not just for actors. It's for anybody in the entertainment industry, and they have always, during the pandemic and also not during the pandemic, they have tons of services, grants, resources available for people in the industry. That's really cool. So actually, that kind of brings me backtracking a little to when you go to the association of the associations, um, are they like giving advice on how uh, the associations, well, sorry, you already kind of answered that about the membership. But Mm -hmm. um, I guess in terms of like, I mean, how many, sorry, this is kind of a silly question, but how many are there? Or is it like, hard to tell? Well, it's, you know, for in terms of women in film, there are more than 50 women in film and television organizations throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I would say at least 30 of them are in the U.S. But in terms of associations in general, gosh, I mean, I would say thousands. I don't know how many are in the specific association of associations I was referring to. <laughs> but, you know, I, we're, we're one of the only entertainment ones that are in that association. There are, mm-hmm. you know... All, auto part associations. Um, I, I once was at an event um, seated next to somebody who was from the association of pulmonologists, you know, for basically every profession, there seems to be a professional association that provides professional development programming and resources and networking opportunities. So like I was saying before talking about, you know, not, not knowing where your career might end up, that was not something that was on my radar when I was in college to think that, you know, that's, a career, but you can absolutely make a career out of association association management. That's really no, cool. Associations are, are very important, and um, I'm a member of myself of the PGA, mm-hmm. which um, has a lot of events. Sounds 
in vain very similar to obviously it's um not female focused but there are female discussions and panels and mm-hmm. um so i i appreciate and need what the associations provide as a filmmaker because without that sense of community um it'd be a little daunting <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a really great way to get both continuing education and that community and and to really have a group of, of supportive people that you all have something in common and can bounce ideas off of each other. You probably have a lot of overlap members with the PGA, I imagine. Yeah, with PGA, with PGA, the PGA, director. Yeah, all of it. Yep. So with the whole being online Zoom situation, do you have any advice for people on just like um, Zoom networking? Um, yeah, it's a great question. This is definitely a great opportunity to prepare your your elevator pitch. You know, the the sixty second talk about who you are and what you do um, that I feel like can be such a challenge, especially to people in our industry, because those career paths are so circuitous. It's sometimes hard to sum up in sixty seconds um, what you're all about. But because I feel like so many people have kind of limited bandwidth when they're not not literally, <laughs> but but emotionally when they're on Zoom that you really need to be succinct. So I think it's a great way to practice that and to get good at at talking about yourself briefly and also identifying what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. Um, and I think too, just, you know, it can be so stilted, but recognizing that we are all in a a wild situation that none of us have ever dealt with before and things are changing every day and to just be to be gentle with each other and to try to keep things fun and casual you know often the best zoom conversations are the one where the cat walks across the computer screen (laughs) and i think that really leaning into that personal side of of what's going on with you is something that's so unique to zoom that i think can can really set you apart from everybody else that's great. Definitely. And so um, for our returning segment, Coping in COVID, we ask all of our guests, how are you coping during COVID, Katie? Oh, yeah. Um, well, some days better than others, for sure. Um, I've never really worked from home before. Uh, so many people I know in the industry do because so many people are freelancers. I've been um, blessed and also I've been very focused on always working for larger organizations. So I've always worked in an office. So this is entirely new to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very lucky in that right before the pandemic in late December, 2019, I got a puppy because I got him on December 19th, 2019. And then within two, not quite three months was home full time. I've been with him every day every minute of every hour, almost his entire life. So that he's been wow. a wonderful way to cope um, when he's not screaming during my Zoom calls. Aww, but, uh, what's that, his name? His name is Bobby. He is a, a golden doodle. And now he's a, he's actually more than a year old, which is crazy. Wow. But I've been with him the whole time. So that's been... We love um, it. We're big dog we're, people. Yeah, big dog people. Mark's dog's name is Jack and my dog's name is Tackle. And they actually get along, which is pretty hilarious. That's and- great. Yeah. Have you gotten to? Have you been able to have the dog socialize with other dogs, or that's a rare event? Because that, 
I, you know, it's hard because by the time he had all of his, his vaccines, we were starting to get into the pandemic. So he's been to a couple dog parks and then he does occasionally go to doggy daycare so he can socialize <laughs> with some other dogs. But um, he, he's a very social guy. So it's not really something that we ever had to get him used to. He's very, oh. very into it. He's Mr. Personality. Love that. Oh, that's great. Cause I feel like it would be kind of like hard and sad to have a dog that was like afraid of stuff right now, because yes. that would just be really sad. Yeah. Well, you picked the timing mm-hmm. for that dog. That's for so sure. Our, our <laughs> other recurring segment is um, term of the episode. So today's epi- uh, episode term is engagement. And we were wondering, what does engagement mean to you or any anecdotes or the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word engagement? Sure. Um, Well, it's part of my job title. And for for me, really, it means being plugged in and connected to what's going on around you, Um, be that connection to your community, um, your professional community, your personal community. Um, For me for me personally, and then also for us as an organization, you know, we are, we do advocate for inclusion in the industry. Um, While we are not uh, by any means a political organization, many of our members are political. And I do think that, you know, given, given the state of the world, it's hard to not feel engaged and connected to social issues and social justice issues and political issues. And I think that it's so important to be aware of the world that you're living in and you're working with working in and how you as a person can affect positive change and affect positive change through your work. Um, that's something that I like to think that I do at NIWIFT. It's, it's something that we've had a lot of panels and talks about this year um, just in terms of, you know, how filmmakers can affect the black lives matter movement, how they can address mm-hmm. social justice issues in their work, um, the role of documentary film in, you know, say the women's suffrage movement, we've taught, we had a, a great program in um, October, which was our, our creative workforce summit uh, that focused on documentary filmmakers, um, funders and industry and conversation about how documentary film has, you know, interacted with women's history and, and talked about important issues to women and to, to people of color and social change. Um, it's, I think it's really it's really everybody's responsibility to to think about our world and your role in it and how you can contribute in some way. That's mm-hmm. uh yeah, that's that's a fantastic answer and and really cuz you you really have a special role in engaging people who will then engage with audiences of up to millions of people with their films. So it's Exactly. Yeah, I mean it's you I think that that, that the artistic community does have a responsibility because so often people's an audience member's exposure to another culture or another viewpoint so often is is affected by entertainment and sometimes entertainment is the only way that they might see that other side of the world mm. so it's so important to make sure that that all voices are heard and all viewpoints are heard that's really true and important so on that note actually does NYWIFT if someone feels very passionately about engaging with NYWIFT do you have do you like take volunteers or anything or yeah, we, we do. I mean, it's a little tricky right now when everything is virtual. Um, we have an amazing special events committee that always welcomes volunteers uh, normally to help us with our two award shows, um, the Muse Awards in December and Designing Women in the spring. You know, we, we need hundreds of volunteers to help with 
production with you know stuffing gift bags with getting donations um that 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 volunteer opportunity honestly is a little bit on hold right now just because mm-hmm. these virtual events are so different but we also welcome our members to participate in our communications committee so writing blog posts um generating social media content about our community and about our events um, and about topics that might be of interest to our community. Um, there, there are a lot of ways to get involved. That's really great. Are there any topics that you um, have noticed recently that you're, that you feel passionately about? I mean, I think our, it's been really important for our community to uh, talk about how the pandemic is affecting the industry. Uh, I know that it can sometimes be a little overwhelming. I feel like people are talking about COVID 24 seven, but Mm -hmm. we really tried to address it from a a workplace standpoint and an economic standpoint and, and see what opportunities are coming along with these challenges of new ways of distribution, uh, new ways of filmmaking, safety on set. You know, there, those seem to be some really hot topics for our members. you know, things are changing, obviously, every day. Um, the New York industry is not doing, not always doing the same things as the LA industry. It's a lot to keep track of. So those are all things that we try to, we try to stay abreast of. Definitely. I'm, I'm always looking, we're always looking out to see when people are making films. If I hear of someone making a film, I'm like, where? When? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always, whenever I, I, I'm always on, I, I spend a significant part of each week on the phone with our members. Um, getting updates and talking to them about the organization and helping them out with various questions. And whenever somebody says, Oh yeah, well I had work yesterday. I always say, wait a second, tell me everything. How did this go? How did that work? How are you doing? How do you feel? Uh, When did you get this job? Because I just talked to somebody yesterday who said there is no work. So which is it? You know, it's (laughs) so confusing. Um, It's hard to keep track of. So yeah, I mean, I've heard of people. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I've heard of people, um, who like, you know, it's sort of, it seems like the break glass in case of emergency movie is like, let's all get tested, go up to a cabin and, you know, make a movie and we can't leave. We have to quarantine for two weeks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when we were filming, when we did our, our Muse Awards in December, you know, we had an amazing lineup of people. We had Aquafina, Rachel Brosnahan, Rashida Jones, um, Jody Cantor and Megan Tui, who were the journalists from the New York Times who broke the Harvey Weinstein story, uh, Alana Mayo, who's a LA studio executive, Ali Stroker, who I mentioned, um, and Gina Prince-Bythewood, who, uh, the director who did um, The Old Guard most recently, and she did Love and Basketball. And all of these honorees were spread literally all throughout the world. And I'm pretty sure that not one of them recorded their acceptance speech the same way twice, <laughs> you know, because everybody had different comfort levels. Um, everybody had different rules and regulations depending on where they were. Um, so we had remote crews in different states. Uh, we had people self-taping on computers um, via Zoom, via different apps, via their iPhone. It, it's just been such a time of innovation, but also uncertainty. Yeah. And then, of course, we also did a, a session um, in New York City for our executive director, Cynthia Lopez, our president, Jamie Zellermeyer, and our MC Nancy Giles came to a studio um, at Manhattan Neighborhood Network, our, our partner, to record there. But even then, we couldn't have everybody there at the same time. The I, I was one of the producers, and I wasn't able to go because we could only have one producer go. We were trying to keep the, the room as small as possible. It's just wild. 
Um, so it's allowing for, it's forcing us to be creative, which yeah. I, mean, I guess it's good to have a challenge. Yeah. The story will find a way. If yeah. you build it, they will come. The story, it will live. So in um, wrapping up, is there anything else, Katie, that you want to just uh, mention or you felt like you forgot to touch upon or just any closing remarks or anything? Um, I mean, I would encourage people to check out our organization on our website, which is nywift.org. Um, like I said before, we have, we used to say 50 plus events a year. Now it's way more than that. We have a lot, <laughs> we have a lot of virtual events um, going on all the time, be it screenings with talkbacks with filmmakers, um, industry panels, updates on COVID, uh, you know, hard fact advice of, you know, things about color correction and how to edit your film. We, we have all different types of panels and workshops that you can access at nywift.org slash events. We've also recorded um, the vast majority of our virtual programming, which is available in an archive on our website. So if you want to catch up with some past programs, we have a lot of free educational opportunities available for you to watch at home right now. Um, and we're about to announce the the next round of films for this year's uh, NYWIFT online shorts festival. We, we uh, showcase through partnership with Go Indie TV and iWoman TV uh, a bunch of short films by our members. Awesome. Uh, in the coming weeks, that's going to be available on our website as well. So if you're looking for some fun short content by women filmmakers, we'll have that online soon. Wow, can't wait. And also, I'm really into archival stuff, so I, I am learning, so I can't wait to go look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's all awesome. Uh, thank you again so much, Yeah, thank Katie. you so much, Katie, for coming uh, This is today. again Katie Chambers with the New York Women in Film and TV organization. Amazing organization. Follow them everywhere. NYWIFT, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Yeah. Happy 2021. Happy 2021, indeed. You too. Thank you. Thanks.